on a magnificent Wednesday afternoon. How's everyone doing? It's the Teddy Bear, and welcome to Night Tracks Radio. And today's artist spotlight, Arthur, international speaker, the minister of groove, one of the most highly respected musicians that this industry has ever seen, has a new book, Maria Scarf, a memoir of a mother's love, a son's perseverance, and dreamy big, the one and only Zorro. My brother, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Teddy Bear. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you. How's it going today? No, the, pl <laughs> the pleasure is truly ours. There's so many things that I want to ask you, but one of the things I want to start off with is not only that you've had and still continually to have an illustrious career as being a musician, but you're speaking, being an international speaker, I like to call being a motivational speaker, has been incredible. And I wanted to ask you, what has it meant to you knowing that you have touched so many lives by giving people those type of motivational speeches to let them know that you can succeed, that you are more than what you seem to be, especially when you know you have that level of faith that you implement in your motivational speaking? Well, I guess for me, Teddy, it's uh, it's kind of the bigger purpose of my life. You know, drumming is a gift, teaching, writing, and speaking. But the the ultimate thing with those gifts is to be able to share them with people in a way that it inspires their own journey. Because if I just if I just achieve things just for my own sake, just to be, you know, whatever, a world-renowned drummer or speaker or writer, but I'm not affecting people, then it's kind of a, a life wasted and it's an opportunity wasted. So for me, I, I look at everything in terms of eternity, you know, how much, like we're all here for a short time in, in this life, you know, this life goes by super quickly. All the heroes that you and I love, so many of them are past already, right? So you're here one minute and gone the next. So right. to me, I'm look, I look at things eternally, like how can I make the greatest impact I can for my duration here? And speaking and sharing my story and inspiring people is the way that, that supersedes the, the actual talent of drumming or the talent of writing. It's like the way I can connect to the human heart and make that difference while I'm here because I've been blessed to live this life. So my goal in life is to, to take others with me on the journey to help them succeed. And that way I will have left behind a worthwhile legacy. It is amazing and it's so profound that the things that you have experienced in this industry with your faith, you have managed to remain grounded and not allow, like so many artists, allow your ego to manipulate <laughs> your blessings. And I wanted to know, how have you been able to sustain that level of faith for so many years? I, I think the biggest thing, it's been my my faith in Christ, uh, is that I realized a long time ago that I am merely a servant. I am merely a steward. And a steward is an old biblical term that, that people don't use much today. But really, the way I look at it is like God, <laughs> is, the, God is the owner of the property. I'm just the landlord. And I'm just, you know, one day I'm going to have to give an account to the owner of the property. So I look at my life. It's like, hey, 
anything I have, it's because I've been graced by the grace of God and the love of God to have it. So really everything is his. I'm just a landlord. I'm just borrowing it for this lifetime. And I know that one day I'll have to answer for everything that I've got. So that that keeps me humble because really anybody who has any talent at all, it, it came free from God. Like no one can give themselves talent, right? If we could, we'd all choose to be whatever we wanted to be, right? I didn't choose drumming or writing or speaking. God endowed me with those things. I just merely discovered them. So I kind of, the to me, when I travel around the world, I've met all kinds of famous people and successful people. And people always say, what's the most impressive thing you've ever seen? Uh, or And I said, the most impressive thing I've ever seen is humility. <laughs> You know, because it's e it's easy to be egotistical when you've made it and you're you're rich and you're successful and you're famous. But the hardest thing is, can you be humble? So what keeps me humble is realizing that, hey, uh, Jesus was God in the flesh and humbled himself to death on the cross. That's humility. So I, where is there room for me to be egotistical when everything I have is by the grace of God and free anyway? And also humility is the way you can bring other people with you on the journey. I always look at pride as like a street sign, a street sign that says danger, rocks falling, you know, but humility is a street sign that says safe crossing here. So when you're humble by the spirit of your humility, you you bring other people with you on the journey because you make people feel like they can do it too. Pride always makes you feel like, oh, you can't, you can't have what they have. There, there's a, uh, there's a chasm between you and them and it, you, you'll never be, when someone's uh, full of pride, they make you feel like you can't talk to them. You can't get what they got. And so to me, it's, it's it, it goes back to my faith in Christ. It's just like, hey, I'm just a servant passing through. And the question is, how how well did I serve? And you can't serve if you're if you're pride, prideful. You can only serve if you're humble. A humble servant can do a lot of things, always knowing that his master owns everything. <laughs> it's not mine. This is true. This is true. I love the analogy that you used about being a landlord, and you have the ability to speak to so many tenants in God's <laughs> house. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's such a wonderful experience because as you well, as you're well aware of that, the hardest thing as far as being in this industry is to remain humble. When you have a bunch of yes people around you constantly in your ear telling you how great you are, you kind of lose yourself. And that harkens me back to the relationship that you had with your mother, a very special relationship. And I wanted you to speak to the listeners out there. Can you give us an insight, the level of love that you've shared with your mother and how it's motivated you to be the man that you are today? Well, I'm happy to share that. Uh, you know, uh, all of us are in a different situation in life. Some of us have, have grown up with two parents. Some of us have grown up with two great parents. Some of us only a father. Some of us only a mother. Some none. I grew up uh, abandoned by my father, but I had this incredible, incomparable love of my mother, Maria, who just had a stalwart faith. I mean, she just she raised seven children alone. We grew up in Compton for the first part of my life. Then we moved to a rural city in Oregon uh, and where we eventually lived in a car. So we'd been through all kind of stuff. But my mother had this incredible resilience and this faith and this hope and this great expectation. And so she poured that into me. And uh, her faith is something that I saw modeled in her real life. And so naturally, her being my only and biggest influence, 
I adopted her faith because it was real. It wasn't like just Bible reading. I saw it evident in her life. And when the tough times came, which were many countless times, seemed like we weren't going to make it. She just always said, I put my trust in the Lord. I put my faith in God. And she also made me believe that I could make it and do something special in my life. So she, uh, and one of the stories I talk about in, in the in the memoir, Maria's Scarf, is how when I was a little boy, she tied she tied her orange silk scarf around my neck because I wanted to look like a rock star. I didn't want to be like a regular kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> school. So I, I didn't want to take school pictures and look like everybody else. I didn't know I was going to be a musician, but I had that peacock of a musician inside of me. And right. uh, she tied that scarf around my neck and said, one day you're going to do something phantasmical with your life. That was a word she used, phantasmical, kind of her mix between fantastic and amazing. So in a sense, I felt like she prophesied over me. You know, she decreed and declared that I would do something great. And uh, and and she was my anchor throughout most of my life, which is why I wrote the memoir as a tribute to her uh, love. And I wrote it for every mother in the world out there who thinks who gives up on themselves or thinks that, man, my kids are going to not going to turn out good. I don't have a husband or, you know, and just to go, Hey, everything is possible with God and everything is possible with faith and not to beat themselves up too much, you know, because it's tough being a parent, whether you're a father or whether you're a mother or a grandparent, it's tough raising people, but with faith and with love, just like the Bible says, love conquers all love conquers a multitude of sin, you know? And so she was not a perfect woman because there aren't any, but but her love superseded everything. And in the end, I wrote a 468 page book that's a, a you know, it's my journey to the to the dream, but it's how it happened with the faith of a mother. And uh, and as I've gotten older, I only admire her even more. And I admire all the mothers in the world even more. The single, the married, uh, that is the most important job in the world. And it's often a thankless job. And often our society doesn't give much merit or credit to it. But it is what God designed in, in the family structure. There's nothing, even a, a, a father cannot, like I'm a father, my wife and I have been married for 29 years, but my kids have a different relationship with my wife than me. And even though I love them as much, I can never replace her. She's a mother is a different thing, man. And uh, yeah. father's necessary too, but my, my uh, kudos to every good mother and every good father. The book is for every father and for every mother and for every dreamer. Because it's a book that teaches you how to overcome obstacles. It's think of it like Rocky, Rudy, the Blind Side meets Forrest Gump. You know, it's that kind of a story. But with this, with, yeah, I, I, I'm the real living Forrest Gump. All these things shouldn't happen to me, but they did because of a woman's prayers and faith. You know. <laughs> it's incredible. You know, um, I lost my mother in 1989 and there's awesome. not a day that doesn't go by that i don't feel her presence yeah. and the way that you speak so glowingly and loving lovingly about your mother is so i get a sense that everything that you do or the essence of who zorro is is it's there i can see it the way you speak about her the way that you even perform i get that sense that she's right there with you and the, the amount of time it took you to do this book on the audio level is incredible. How many hours did you do to get, as far as to get everything documented as far as doing it on audio? Because as I know, it's also available on Kindle. 
Yeah. Well, the uh, it's interesting. The journey, people ask me, how long did it take me to write the book? Well, I've been working on it pretty vigorously over a 15-year period. But in all honesty, I'm 61 now. In all honesty, I've been working on it for 51 years because I actually started a diary when I was 10 years old. And so I kept writing in my diary from 10 into my early 20s. But I was writing it just a kid writing his feelings. I never wrote it thinking I'm going to have a memoir about my life. I'm just writing my life, right? So there are many diary entries within the memoir. So really, I've been, God has been writing this story through me my entire life. But I knew that I had an incredible story to tell because I had shared a lot of these stories on the road when I was with New Edition and Bobby Brown and Lenny Kravitz and Frankie Valley. I'd always share my life stories and they always said, man, your life is like a movie. It's like a book. And, and so they always encouraged me. Uh, so the book took 15 years and the audio, I just, I was in the studio for like seven days straight, you know, eight hours a day reading the 468 pages. It's going to be beautiful. It's, uh, and it's, uh, it'll be a 14 hour audio book. And, and my publisher is Blackstone Publishing. They're one of the best in the world. Uh, and they're one of the best at audiobooks because they started in the eighties when they were cassette tapes. But anyway, it's going to be a high level product. So if you're not a reader and you're a listener, you know, it'll be on all the, you know, Amazon, Audible. It'll be, it's it's available now for pre-order, both the book and the Audible. Uh, and that was a great, uh, a great joy doing that. A lot of work, you know, speaking clearly, <laughs> enunciating everything perfectly. <laughs> it was funny. There were funny passages where it was hard to read because it was like a lot of S's or X's or E's and and you realize like when you're speaking, oh man, when you're talking regular, you could just fly by, but when you're speaking at a book, you got to, Everything's got to be crystal clear, but yeah, no, everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, like what you do, you know what I mean. You have to. It's, it's important. I can't wait for the book. And family, be sure you can order. You can pre-order the book as we are speaking right now. All you have to do is go to Amazon.com. You can also purchase the hardcover of the book, which is beautiful. It's going to be twenty-eight dollars and ninety. Twenty-eight dollars and ninety-nine cent. The Kindle is going to be nine ninety-nine, and also the CD. The CD will be $31.99. Remember, the new book, Maria Scarf, a memoir of a mother's love, a son's perseverance, and dreams big. Speaking of dreaming big, Zoro, I've had an opportunity to see you perform on four separate occasions. Wow. And the first time, oh, yeah, the first time I seen you on stage, you were actually with Bobby Brown. Okay. And I've seen you come out, and man, you look just like Zoro. Man, you had this flamboyant <laughs> with the hat. I said, "All right," I said, "I, I can dig this bit." But past the, just the appearance, your percussion playing is incredible. I mean, it's really it's very few drummers and percussionists that I've seen that play with that level intensity. And I wanted you to speak to the listeners out there. What is it like to perform live in front of so many people and have so many people in the palm of your hands? Because you have the best seat in the house right, <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a beautiful. Uh, thank you for those kind words. And it's funny. I, I open up the memoir, uh, Maria Scarf. I open up the memoir with a story in 1985 where I'm playing with the new edition on the Washington Mall in, in D.C., and it's for over a million people. It's a Fourth of July concert. It's it was wow. aired, it, aired, it aired on Showtime, but I wrote something about that uh, 
and I and I said it's it was an amazing feeling that with two little pieces of wood, two little pieces of stick, you know, that I I could command the body movements of over a million people. Like when they gave me the drum breakdown and Mr. Telephone Man, it's just drums. I could see a sea of humanity bobbing their head and moving. If I stopped playing those drums, they would have stopped. So there's right. a certain. It, it was a revelation that there's a certain amount of power that God gave me through the gift of rhythm. And it's a very strong power because, you know, mankind was born dancing. I mean, like we, we live off of food, clothing, and shelter, right? As they say, food, clothing, and shelter. But the truth is there's two other things that humanity lives off of, which is music and, and dance, right? And, and, and story, right? So we, we, we can't be a, we can't be a society or humanity without dancing in every culture. We dance in every culture. There's music. And in every culture, we share stories. So in a certain way, I feel like God gave me, he made me a finite gatekeeper of finite time, meaning the groove. The groove has an ability to move a, 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 an eight-month-old, and they'll hear the music, or a two-year-old, or an 80-year-old, right? So it's this beautiful privilege and this beautiful power to know that I'm engaging in something that makes people feel good and makes people move. And it's a very powerful thing. And I just enjoy the privilege. Uh, nothing is more fulfilling than when I'm on stage playing my heart out into every note, into every groove. And I guess an answer to like uh, how I play with that kind of intensity, I think some of it goes back to the desperation of my childhood. Because I was desperate in my childhood uh, to survive and I was de we, were, we moved, sometimes we moved in our radio uh, red flyer wagon from one apartment to the next. We had no money. We didn't have a car. We didn't have a U-Haul truck. Uh, I was rejected by many people. I think because of the desperation of my childhood, it made me, everything that I do, I approach with like a do or die spirit. Like this, every note matters. Every word in the book matters. Every podcast, radio interview, everything matters because of that desperation. And I'm grateful for how God used that to shape my heart in such a way that I don't take anything for granted and I don't do anything less than a thousand percent. Like I give it my all. And that comes out in my drumming. And the greatest reward is that people receive it. Like the words you said, you know, make me feel like, okay, my efforts were, were noted. My efforts were felt. And, and then I connected with your spirit because music is a spiritual force. It's invisible. And music, I mean, not, what touches us deeper than music? Like nothing. You know, uh, nothing on this earth, you yeah. know, touches us deeper than music. So it's a joy to play for people. It's a joy to express myself uh, and to and to do something. Literally, I've been to the trenches of, the, of Ghana, Africa and the jungles where, uh, you know, I was the only non-black person they'd ever seen. And the minute I played the Congos, man, I communicated with them, the tribes. I mean, they they went off and they were like, because rhythm is a universal language, right? Rhythm, I could play in Russia, I could play in Africa, and no matter if I didn't speak the language, the human being connects with the rhythm because that's the universal language of all. And everybody, race, creed, color, whatever they are, they feel the music, man, and they feel that groove. And that's what makes us human, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of fun to have been given a language that supersedes race, that supersedes uh, an era, that supersedes time, you know? This gift would work whether I was born a thousand years ago or two thousand years from now. It's a rhythmic gift, you know. So it's it's a great privilege. Well, that's why they call you the Minister of Groove, my brother. <laughs> you. <laughs> 
administering that groove. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And for those who are tuned in, like shame on you, but the teddy bear does forgive you. We're being joined, of course, by the legendary Zorro, his new book, fantastic new book dedicated to his wonderful mother, Maria Scarf, a memoir of a mother's love, a son's perseverance, and of course, dreaming big. And he has done that. I've always said music is the unification of bringing people together. And the the ability to have that level of love and power when you play. The only thing I said, when I get you on the show, I said, I got to ask, I said, I'm surprised that you have never done a jazz album. Yeah. I'm I'm really surprised because you you can play so many different variations of music, and I'm surprised you've never done a jazz album. Do you think that you'll ever do that somewhere down the line? I would love to do that because uh, thank you for those kind words. I do love every style of music. And although people know me, you know, I've, I've, I've had the title and I uh, won several years in a row. I was voted whatever number one R and B drummer in the world, which I'm, um, I'm humbled by that. That's a beautiful title, but musically I'm so much more than that. Like I, I play jazz, I play fusion, I play Latin, I play everything. And so I'm grateful for accolades and praise and all that, but I love everything and I grew up playing everything. And uh, yeah, I would love to do like a jazz, jazz slash jazz fusion album. The probably the reason I haven't done it before is because I'm not really like a songwriter. So I, I would need to collaborate with some great people I, I'm I'm a I'm a drummer who likes to play a great body of music, and but if, if somebody wrote great music for me to play, you know, then man, I'd play it, you know, because I love jazz and I love fusion, you know. I grew up with all that funky soul jazz from Grover Washington Jr. to George Benson to Chuck Mangione, Jeff Lorber, Tom Scott, you know, just funky '70s jazz fusion, which I love. Um, maybe, you know, when the right situation happens, it really is just about collaborating with a, a writer and arranger to play the music that I'd like to play. I'd love to do that at some point, you know, because that that's that's the bigger part of me is that wider expanse of music that's in me that needs a place to express it, you know. And that's right. not always it's not always the case in a, in a pop a funk, you know, you know, rock setting, you know, right. Uh, and on yeah. plus on top of that, people have a tendency to try to put you in a box. They do. And yeah. yeah, and that's and listening to you and seeing the many times on different occasions that I've seen you play, you're so much more than that. that's why I said, yeah, I know that he could do a jazz album. And yeah. I said, you know what? It's very few percussionists out there that have that versatility that can play so many different genres well, of music. You. And you have the ability to do this. So but besides this wonderful new book, what's on the horizon for Zero? What we right in the second month of the new year? What are some of the things or some of the goals that yes. you have for yourself for this new year? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, the goal of the book coming to life it comes out April thirtieth, so that's been on my goal list for many years. Uh, but the bigger vision beyond that is really uh, my my biggest vision always was to turn my my book the the memoir into a like a Netflix series a streaming series and a, an emotion picture okay. because it everyone I've ever shared my stories with without telling them that was my dream they always said man this feels like a movie when i read your book it feels cinematic i i could see it as a film i could see it as a 
So I'd like to, uh, so I have uh, my agent in Hollywood is about to pitch it as a series, you know, whether, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, but imagine like a, a cross between like a modern day wonder years, you know, or, or, or modern day Waltons or a modern, you know, but, but really about a Mexican American family struggling to survive, you know, and just what that means in the sixties, seventies and eighties. So my bigger vision is to turn it into a film and a series and, and, and for the main purpose of inspiring people and also where other people could see themselves in that story and go, there's somebody who's kind of like me or there, that's my life. And maybe I could turn out to be like that, you know, just to give people more hope and inspiration. Of course, I still uh, love playing every day. I practice when I'm done with this interview, I'll practice for an hour. So I'm always trying to expand as a musician and get better and improve. Uh, I want to write a series of children's books based on my life, you know, uh, that would be, you know, for young kids in, in elementary and middle school, uh, based on all the adventures that I lived. I'd like to write more motivational books to help people. There, I just, there's this Jacques Cousteau quote, and I can't remember exactly how it goes, but he said something like, if a man has lived an incredible life, something like that, he, he owes it to share it with the world. So I've, I've had these incredible adventures that a few people have had. I mean, literally, I've been to the poorest places on planet Earth in the jungles of Ghana, Africa. And yet I've traveled with Paul Allen, the co-founder of Microsoft, the fourth richest guy in the world at the time. So, I mean, the experiences that I've had are vast. And so I, I love to share all of the things I've learned in that journey of being with the world's wealthiest and the world's poorest. And what I've learned about humanity, uh, you know, and the commonality of the, the human experience to inspire people, to follow God, to follow their dreams, to follow their heart. I'd like to just impact more people. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, to the White House, but I've, I've spoken at San Quentin Prison to the most hardened criminals in the world. Uh, so it's been a that's why I say I'm like Forrest Gump. Like I, I've been I just I end up in all these places that are unbelievable, these amazing adventures. But I, I think it's I think it's simply because I make myself available to God. I just go, hey, I'm, I'm available to be used however you want to use me. God loves the rich. He loves the poor. He loves them all. They're all his children. They all need him. Uh, different people need different things. Uh, the rich need his spirit. The the poor need provision. Uh, but they all need a touch of God, and we all need healing. So I just see you know, myself as kind of an emissary, as an ambassador of goodwill for God. And uh, but the visions and dreams have to do with music, continuing to play music, continuing to write, and continually to inspire a larger number of people. The the reason why I wrote the book is there's only so many. You know, Teddy, uh, that we we have a, sh a short lifespan on this earth, right? It's not very long, right? So I, I go, there's only so many people I'm going to meet in person. There's only so many TV interviews I'll do or podcasts or radio in my lifetime. But if I wrote a book, the book could outlive me, and the book could touch millions of people around the world that I'll never meet or that will never see me play. And this is the way you multiply yourself and what you learned into the hearts of many, many others. So my goal and dream is to have that book explode around the world so more people could be touched by the life that was mine, because that's really what I see it's all about. And, and then hopefully that would open up more speaking opportunities and more things like that. But still, there's only so many you can do. But a book, right. we're still reading books from 5,000 years ago, 2,000 years yeah. ago. The, so the, the written word is an important thing for humanity to make sense of itself and for us to find inspiration. So Love that's really question. my goal, to inspire more yeah. people. 
Well, you are definitely doing that and so much more. If the Zorro of today can go back and have a conversation with that 10 year old little boy, <laughs> what, was, <laughs> what would be some of the things that you would discuss with him to help him to get better prepared for this journey? That's a good question. If I were to go back to my younger self, I think the first thing I would say is don't worry, kid. Everything's going to turn out all right. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Everything's going to turn out okay. And um, to better prepare, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, that is so funny. I would say, you know, <laughs> well, knowing what I know now, I'd say, kid, there's this, there's this company that's going to come along. They're going to be called Microsoft and, oh, my and Apple. And do yourself a favor, put some money, put your little savings account and put your little money into that. <laughs> and invest. <laughs> and invest. With it. You know, like in, like in that movie, Back to the Future. Or, right. You know, you know where, where if you knew what you knew now, you go, oh, man, or buy more real estate or do whatever. Uh, it's funny because sometimes I think about that and I go, you know how we think about our lives and we go, you know, what, what would you change? What could you change if you could go back all over? And then I kind of think in many ways, I don't think I'd change anything because even the hardships that I didn't want to go through then, man, they shaped my heart for who I am today. They shaped me for service to God because I, I believe, Teddy, that we don't, we, don't have, we don't have a lot of built-in natural compassion as human beings. We're pretty self-centered beings. You know, that's the problem. Yes. And we only develop empathy and compassion uh, for others and a heart for others when we go through suffering. And we would never choose to suffer on our own. But because God allows us to suffer, we can choose to become better vessels of honor through it, meaning we could either become bitter or jaded, or we could go, I feel for people more. I have a heart for people more. I have compa compassion more. So the, the, the sole reason why I'm a motivator and encourage people is because I got very little of that on my own from the world, you know, and society at large, you know, marginalized me and cast me aside. You know, you're an immigrant son. You're half Mexican, you're half Irish, you're poor, you don't have a dad, you're nobody. You, you, you don't earn the respect of your peers in school and, and all that. And I kind of go, but that's that's why I care for people. That's why I mentor. That's why I minister. That's why I, because I know what that feels like to not be encouraged or inspired. So right. the, the, the very thing that if you allow God in the soil of your heart, the very thing that the world would try to destroy you with, you know, rejection, poverty, whatever it was, is the very thing that would become your strength if you allow God to use that. And that's what's made me kind of a radical encourager, a, a motivator, uh, somebody who inspires people. I wouldn't have been that way if I if I had grown up in the lap, lap of luxury and had rich parents and everything was handed to me. I don't think I'd give a rip about anybody because I know yeah. lots of people like that and they don't give a rip about anybody because they've never suffered. So, uh, so yeah, I don't think I'd go back and change anything except telling the kid to invest in, in stocks, <laughs> uh, you know, but then who knows that could have turned out bad because what if all of a sudden I got super rich when I was young and that corrupts you too, you know, yeah. early wealth can corrupt a, a soul before it's ready, before it understands tempering, you know, you got to go through stuff to understand the value of things. So I thank God for every day of the journey I've been on, including this one today, being on your radio broadcast. You know, well, it's all it's part been, of this tapestry. Yeah, it is. And as I said earlier, it's an honor to have you on the show. And regardless of the amount of 
level of success that you've had, the sense of empathy and caring for one another has never left your side. And again, we go harken back to the kind of relationship that you had with your mother who instilled that in you. And I think it's so imperative that, as you said, we do celebrate mothers out there because they play play such an integral part in the upbringing of our children and family to get all the latest updates. Be sure to stop by Zorro's official website. That's ZorroTheDrummer.com. Also the same handle on Instagram as well as Facebook. Again, it was an honor to have you on the show, whatever you need. Please don't hesitate to let me know. And I definitely want an autograph book from you, brother. I got to get that autograph book from you. I have to. Absolutely. It was it was a joy and an honor. Uh, uh, Send me a a DM, you know, with your info and I will get that to you as soon as it's out. Thank you for the honor and the privilege of being on your show. Appreciate it. My pleasure, brother. The one and only the legendary, of course, the minister of groove. Lord have mercy. Zorro (laughs) here on Night Tracks Radio. Lord have mercy. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and allowing the teddy bear to help you tune out all the negativity. Remember, family, the new book will be coming out in April, but you can pre-order it as we speak. Be sure to stop by Amazon.com. That's it. Maria's Scarf, a memoir of a mother's love, a son's perseverance, and dreaming big. Wonderful book. Go check it out. It'll be available on hardcover, audio, Kindle audio, and also on CD. So be sure you purchase the book. And again, to get all the latest updates, let your fingers do the walking stuff by Zorro's official website. That's ZorroTheDrummer.com. It's been a wonderful feeling, exceptional way to start a Wednesday afternoon. We'll be back on the air live this coming Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, as we welcome the 80s pop trio, of course, New Shoes will be joining us. And to get all the latest updates, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's at Night Tracks Radio Podcast. Night Tracks with two X's, like Racer X. I'm taking you back a little bit. (laughs) At Night Tracks Radio Podcast, also on TikTok at Night Tracks Radio Instagram, same handle, and also on Facebook and as well as Twitter. And for those who missed the interview, no need to fear. We got you covered. All you have to do is go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and you can see the interview in its entirety. Again, I want to thank you for blessing us today. Without you, there's definitely no night tracks and no teddy bear. But as in always, keep it soulful here on Night Tracks Radio. God bless. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.